Welcome to Network Special, the podcast that is all about the goal of appointment television. (laughs) Stop it, Colin. This is why I can't get through it, because you always interrupt me. But that one was so, it felt like you were like in slow motion or something. The golden age of appointment television, where... You could, if you wanted to watch something, you had to tune in on the night that it was scheduled to air. But now, with the magic of the internet, you, you could watch you these have, things again and yeah. again and again and again. Did you memorize <laughs> it this time? Uh, uh, yes, I did. Uh, no, it means we recorded two episodes in the same day. <laughs> um, You're not supposed to give people a peek behind the curtain like that. It's not the Wizard of Oz. Yes, it is. I thought that's what we were talking about. You said watch no. the movie with the Scarecrow, and that's what I watched. You, you know what? This is. <laughs> I, it sounds folks, like we planned that and we didn't. This is so great. We are com- comedic geniuses. That was the best. I took improv <laughs> classes for several years, and that was and the best improv off. I've ever done. Right there. <laughs> It paid off. Uh, tonight, we are talking on our last Halloween episode before the actual event in a couple of days. Uh, we are talking about a movie from 1981 called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. This aired on CBS, right? Is that right? Shockingly, yes. You know, could never, ever, this movie could never play on. On CBS now, ever. Well, no, because they're they're unless uh, Chuck Lorre made it, <laughs> right? This is not exactly Chuck Lorre's vibe, so I don't yeah. see that happening. You you, you he don't kind of does movie, own C- uh, you, CBS at this point, yes. You don't see this movie opening up with 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 a um, like a remake of this movie opening up with a theme song from They Might Be Giants. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Okay. Might be they might be giants. What mo- show is that? Uh, Big Bang Theory. No, their their theme song is by uh, Bare Naked Ladies. I thought. Uh, no. Yes, I promise okay. you, you're wrong. We're looking it up. And oh yeah, it is. Everybody sorry, needs right. to go and comment <laughs> no, you're right, about you're right. how sorry. Nathan was wrong, sorry. and it's shameful that you, know you would what? get that wrong. You know what? Thank you. Thank you, by the way, because all this time, and I apologize to They Might Be Giants, um, but all this time... <laughs> That's not a sentence you've probably ever said before. <laughs> all this time, I had thought that they had sung it, and I was so upset with them. Maybe they... Um, maybe but they I was s- like, you know what? Like, Let them make the money. That's fine. Now that I know it's Bare Naked Ladies, I feel much better about it. I, I bet um, they sang. I bet they might be giants. Sang the theme song to um, Two and a Half Men that just went men, men, men. <laughs> no God, no. God, no. That would be even men, worse. Men, 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 manly men, men, men. I bet that's kind of what it would be like. So you could imagine I'm how so... cool the theme song would be if Chuck Lorre made a version of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It would just be. Powerful. I would love this night. Uh, and it would be sung I, by I, like Color Me Bad or some other bad band. So let me. Okay, so again, I apologize to everyone listening. Hopefully, my friend John Warren is not listening. He was the biggest. They might be Giants fan. He was. If he is, he's rolling right now in his grave. He's alive. <laughs> he's dead. But he he died because of that. 
coming. He died and immediately, immediately went into a barrel roll. All in one motion. John, I'm sorry if you hear this with your last guests of life. I'm sorry that ha- this happened to you. All right. So, okay. They did the theme song to The Daily Show, right? Uh, I guess. I don't know. I guess I never knew. I know they did the theme song to Malcolm in the Middle for sure. We know that for sure. Is it possible that that's maybe the only one they did? Yeah, that's why do you think? Why do you think they did The Daily Show? I don't even... The Daily Show is just... There's not like, there's not words to it, are there? No. Oh, they okay. sang the they theme did. to Cheers. That's what it was. Yeah, Cheers. That's right. Yes. Sometimes you want to know. Yeah. Uh, they did the they did the Daily Show. They did the they did do the music for the Daily Show. So oh, I was wow. right about that. That's interesting. Okay. I was right. You've redeemed yourself so a little did. bit for the ghastly bare naked ladies mistake. Let's see. They did um Yeah. This is this is a great start to this episode by the way. Oh, they did the theme song to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Ooh. TV show. I what the one in like the early 90s? Uh no, the the one that's um really no, 2006. Can I admit something that is shouldn't be admitted, but you just made me think of it again? <clears throat> the first concert I ever went to this hurt. Th- this hurt. No. Yes. Wait. Hold on. How did you know that? I'm not joking. Like, hold on. I know what you. I know what you're gonna. I know it because. Okay. What I'm talking about, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, is a cartoon with Mickey and Goofy and stuff. What well, when you said early '90s, I knew that you were talking about the new Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. So the the first concert I ever went to, and double MC listeners, <laughs> judge me all you want, but I was I don't know eight or nine or ten or something. The first concert I ever went to was Color Me Bad, which is something I just mm-hmm. mentioned. I've now mentioned Color Me Bad. We've been recording for a few minutes, and I've mentioned them twice. So that's a problem. But uh, that's the okay. first concert I ever went to at the Ohio State Fair, and the act that opened for them was Nathan. Who was it? The, par- the, the Party. The Party. And I bet you and I are the only people that remember that band. I bet there's uh, not even actually, a Wikipedia were- page about them. I- no, they are heavily covered in fact they just did a reunion tour <laughs> they're not no they did not yes they I did. do not believe that well i don't know what to tell you i was getting all of the uh ads on facebook for it oh my god for anyone that doesn't know the um, party but <laughs> was a band that was just sloppily thrown together it was cast members on the mickey mouse club that was like I don't even know what years. I used to watch that in like 1990, maybe 89. It would have been. It would have been yeah in that time frame. Yeah, Uh, because the album, their first album, came out in 1990. It was like for people that that later. (laughs) I know a lot about this album. It was like for people that (laughs) the party was like for people that like liked O Town, but thought that they were a little bit too edgy and dangerous. So they listened to the. (laughs) It was crap. This is. No, no, no. This album. Okay, hold on. Uh, uh, let's we're we're detouring on this for sure. I've stumbled um, onto your one of your weird. Nathan has like all kinds of deep pockets of information, but they'll be on the weirdest damn things in the world, and this <laughs> appears to be one that we've stumbled upon here. This is really one that uh, Zachariah should be a part of as well. But I, I will I will just tell him of this record later. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry that yes, um, I'm sorry that he can't be here to help with this. <laughs> so the all new Mickey Mouse Club 
was from 89 to 91. And in 2013, the group group reunited without Tiffany Hale, sadly. You said they um, just but, uh, you said they just recorded or just toured. But, no, 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 it was nine years. I'm ago? saying I'm I'm saying they record they just toured like in the last two years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, they. Um, I'm saying that they brought they got back together in 2013, and since then they have been together. But you know they're doing they're they're doing all the stuff like. Um, like it says here that they opened for so so okay so th- this was the show and then uh, if if anyone knows anything about the Mickey Mouse Club there were tons of like superstars that came from it you've got like um, people in Backstreet Boys pe- right Brit- people yeah Nancy. Britney Spears Justin Timberlake were on it like uh, Ryan Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling I yeah. think yeah. he was on uh, it Christina Aguilera like all, all these people were on there um, which I watched and- this show all the time and I don't remember any of them. At all. Like, I only remember yeah. maybe one. or I remember a guy named Chase, because I think he was one of the... I think that was so his Chase, name. So, Chase Hampton, yeah. Chase was the red hair. Oh, my guy. God. You don't know that off the top of your head. I'm on Wikipedia. I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> You're like, look, okay. I know Chase, though. I just remember him for some reason. Um, but, but yeah. He, um, but he... Um, they... Uh, they so, so, it was... Four people from the show started a band, and the name of the um, band, I think, was um, yes, a name a band contest was held, and they named it. They named they were the name of the party, and then they they came up with um, a backronym, which is what they call it, which is an acronym you create after you've already named something. A positive attitude What's, reflects today's isn't, youth. Isn't that? <laughs> Well, isn't that always what an acronym is? Or is no an ac no an acronym is if you had a if you had like a phrase and then you took the first letter of each one and it spelled out a word, right? Like so, that's an acronym. Anything it could be. It doesn't have to spell out a word. It could just be NWA or yeah, whatever. But, but it doesn't acronym, mean you have to have like your what, the way you just said it was acronym, that you have to have known what you were spelling out in advance no, for it to no, be an acronym. I, I'm saying I what okay. <laughs> the word for it, a backronym, is an acronym formed from an already existing word. An acronym formed from an already from existing an already phrase, existing you mean? Word, an already existing word. Ex- right? Give so, me an example. So party is an existing word, right? You oh, okay, got it, I got it. I you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Okay, like scuba... Is not it was not a word before they made it an acronym. So they okay. So they say that um, people say that Kiss, the band Kiss, was stood for Knights in Satan's Service. I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that true? Is it were they named that because of that, or did somebody come up with that afterward and totally pull that's a backronym on somebody? That's totally a backronym. They backronymed um, it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Damn. Um. So. So. Anyways, they. Um, and actually, they're the first. They're the first group to sign to Hollywood Records. I love that we're doing this on the Halloween episode. Uh, I'm so <laughs> happy it, that you brought this up. It relates so much. I yeah. pulled up since we just in the last second. I pulled up. Uh, you're right. There is a Wikipedia page, and I'm trying oh, to figure massive. out if it says anything about like the bands they opened for. Yes, Taylor Dane. The group. Vanilla oh, here, yeah, you're right. The group's success landed it opening act spots. On major concert tours with the likes of Taylor Dane and Vanilla Ice. That's a great sentence. Yep. 
Because re- yep. earlier in the sentence they said major concert tours, and then one of the examples they used to prove that is Taylor Dane, yes. which is great. Go, go. major tour. I, uh, listen, listen. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a good album. I'm saying it's a great pop album. <laughs> you don't have to say. You don't okay. have to say it's a good album. Like you don't have Dude, to say if it's good or bad. Everyone knows. Doctor Dre. Dr. Dre produced one of their songs on their second album. Teddy Riley wrote three songs for the second album. What? Yes. I look. Look at this. So, so what you would have seen is what you would have seen is for their second album because they opened for Color Me Bad because of uh, Dr. Dre and all these people producing the album. And they were also on an episode of Blossom. Thank God. All right, we got to stop. <laughs> this this needs to be an episode on our uh, craptastic podcast where we just read random <laughs> Wikipedia pages. That's not this, though. No, no, no. So oh all God. of that to say, all of that leading up to our great movie tonight called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which which I think I've already mentioned. I don't know that it actually has been mentioned, but... How did you get to... I don't know. The party. Color me bad. We were saying something about... Uh, oh, theme, <laughs> theme, theme songs that were sung by people. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And for some reason, uh, I, I, I use Color Me Bad a lot of times to just when I have to pull out like a really old like reference of like a crappy music act that nobody has like fond memories for. That's what I pull out sometimes, and that's what I did. And then it made me think of... The tour. Anyway. You know, this is we're 15 minutes. We're like 15 <laughs> minutes in. This is this is like comedy bang bang territory. It was like we're just like just like um, or not comedy bang bang. His uh, the the are you talking you two are you two <laughs> talking you two yes. or whatever. <laughs> this is like that territory. We're just like I can't remember the name of that because I can't. It's like are you talking you two to me too or something are like that. You two, are you two talking you two to me too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but it's about the party. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, so Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, nineteen eighty one. Let's talk about this freaking movie, which I loved, and you didn't quite love, did you? Okay, so I thought there was some interesting, cool stuff about it, but it was like the f- the very first twenty to thirty minutes, just sort of. I didn't love. That's all. I didn't love like yeah, the sure. conceit of the beginning of it, which you can give kind of the uh, the overview yeah. if you want. So, uh, I'll, I'll, so okay. So I'll just give you a, a a quick rundown of the plot, and we'll just bounce in and out of it. Um, so basically, a a mentally handicapped man is blamed for the um, death of a little girl. And he is chased down by a vigilante group led by the a local town's mailman, <laughs> and um, which is they weird. they they murder him, um, and then it's revealed that she wasn't actually dead. Uh, they just they 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 killed too soon, I guess, and then this um, these guys are basically hunted down by the ghost of this man and where the scarecrow comes into play is 
he was hiding from them in a scarecrow in a field. So his name's and, Bubba. Yeah, and they found. <laughs> what? Why did you act like just, that? Uh, just because it's like why, he could have just been named anything. He didn't have to be named Bubba just because well, he was mentally challenged. That's the. <laughs> that's okay. So that's part of it. Is like the way that this whole thing is played is just. <sighs> It just made me uncomfortable. Like, it just made me uncomfortable. That's all I can say about it is it just the the way they set his character up. And then this mailman guy um, who is played (laughs) by Charles Durning, who is in one of my favorite movies. He's Papi O'Dannon in in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He's the, the guy who's, you know, the governor. Yes. And that's the only thing. I know he's been in, he was in a lot of other stuff, but that's what I mainly associate him with when I see him. And then so to just watch him as like this character in this movie that's just like just a horrible person. Like from the very beginning of the movie, you can tell he just like he just wants to murder this like this mentally like challenged guy. It's it was just so upsetting and weird to watch. And then for it to transition from that into like a regular horror film was just felt weird and jarring to me somehow. So, okay. So, so yeah. So (laughs) your main contention with the movie is just the idea of this sad scenario where this uh, gentle (laughs) quote, like this is what it's always like, like whenever there's a mentally challenged person, they're always large, but gentle. Yeah, yeah he like was that's like always my, the... he was like um, kind of like a almost like a rip off of whatever uh, like of mice and men of Lenny. Yeah, and he's played by Larry Drake, who was in Darkman, and he's Doctor Giggles, and yeah, <laughs> a couple he's of he's also Law, um, right. He also re- mostly remembered for his portrayal of a developmentally disabled. Benny Stolwitz in L.A. Law. Yeah. So apparently he he makes a go of doing these characters. <laughs> yeah. Before before he ever got to L.A. Law, he was Bubba Ritter. So yeah, he obviously has a history of playing at least a couple of the this type of character. And I I don't remember yeah. L.A. Law. I I remember my parents I think watching it, but it was you know a little bit before my time. So. I didn't watch yeah. it, so I'm not familiar with the character that he played on there. But um, this the, this Bubba character, like it just felt, I don't know, it just felt like. Well, I think this is an issue with done in some way. I think this is an issue with all. Um, a, I don't know what you'd say, like average, like intelligent people playing mentally challenged people. You, know, I don't know what the pr- pr- proper things you say are, but like. Like just a, uh, I don't want to say normal, but you know what I mean. Like, like this is there's always going to be problematic because it's um, it's weird. It's um, it's it's it always ends up being a little bit funny, and it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be <laughs> laughing at these people, but we always do because it's you know the person's not like this, and and they are are acting. <laughs> it's like doing like an impression of a black person or something. You know, it's like, it's stupid. It's it's not, 
it's not appropriate, and it's always going to be played for laughs in some way. Yeah, so, like, if this movie was... I, I don't even know how I would change it, because it, it does do a nice job of, like, it makes you instantly, like, hate these this group of these... This posse of, which, like, vigilantes, which I know is which the works. idea. That's the That's point. the idea. Is that, like, you're like, oh, I want these guys to just just get destroyed now and and so yeah. it works on that level mm-hmm. but it was just i think it was the scene mainly like the scene where they chase him down and they find him and they do realize he's like hiding he's it's an actual scarecrow in the middle of this field and he's like inside of it yeah it was just weird and like sort of upsetting to me but anyway it's it's <laughs> we can move past that but like for from a story standpoint it does work Yes, and you like kind of spend the rest of the movie wanting to watch these guys like get their you know their comeuppance, and so Charles like during so Papi O'Dannon is like the lead kind of like piece of crap bad guy that like he and and this dude is like top to bottom like from minute one he's just disaster like the first time you see him he is looking through binoculars at. Bubba and this little girl playing and he has this look in his face is of a man that has that drinks evil juice every morning for breakfast and it's not even just like like it felt creepy like he's like watching this little girl with binoculars like did you get a weird vibe from that because I I was like who the hell is this guy I was like is that her dad and you find out no no. he's just this local mailman guy he's he's got binoculars and he's wearing like a hat that uh that like um uh doctor you know a dr livingston would wear it's like a safari <laughs> it's a safari hat, hat but it, it looks like it's made of like some like like metal or hard something. plastic yeah it's like hard plastic and it's a mailman's outfit so you try it's like oh this guy's a mailman and you're like okay and then he goes and he rounds up a posse um and he basically like what happens is is there's a guy he goes to tell this guy hey he's out there with this girl you know he's gonna hurt her and this dude's like we gotta go get him and the mailman's like no 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 just he's like there's nothing we can do no one's gonna stop him no one's gonna believe us he's like just give it time we'll see what happens just just let it like basically from his point of view he's like no just let him murder the girl then we'll get to do something like he's dying to hurt this like this like unfortunate guy who's like done nothing wrong it's just it's so bad it's so bad yeah so then so then he <laughs> so then it, it, the little girl gets hurt by a dog and bubba actually saves her um but they but it's at first it's not um it's only reported that bubba has hurt this girl or whatever and so basically they get their guns, they round up a posse like they just like they're like uh, on a, the, tr- the get on this big old truck. And it's like it's basically like ha- uh, Dukes of Hazard style. Like they're all jumping in the freaking back with dogs and they got their and rifles. They're, they're like, like it is all too easy two. for him to find a couple of people <laughs> to go after this guy with like guns. Like it's, it was really it's like, easy for him to find his little crew. It's funny. Like they all like basically like. They like pull up to one spot. A guy jumps on. He bangs the top of the truck to say we're ready to go. And then they pull up to the next spot. The new guy gets on. He bangs the top of the truck. They're like, let's go, go, go. And everyone's happy. and like, Everyone's super excited. Like, oh, this is it. And they basically run this guy down with these dogs. They find 
you know, they find they, the dogs take them back to his house where his mom is. And she hides them in the scarecrow, basically. The dogs sniff their way over to the scarecrow. And he, they uh, unload bullets into the scarecrow. And then immediately a call comes through on a walkie-talkie that says, Hey, Bubba didn't do it. The girl's safe. <laughs> Bubba actually <laughs> saved her. What a mix-up. Like, because they didn't even... They didn't even need confirmation that this girl was actually hurt or anything. Like, somebody was just like, hey, I heard that something might have happened to whatever her name is. Mar- Marley or, or Mar- Mar- Marley. Hey, I heard something might have happened to Marley. And he's like, let's get him. Like, it's like immediate. They don't even have confirmation that she's actually hurt or what has happened. No, it is. They it's, just want to kill somebody. It's terrible. They're ready to kill this dude. Now, there is a scene later on where they show where the mailman is living and he lives in this boarding house he's just like where it's like basically a retirement home kind of where there's all these old people live and he in his room there's all this army stuff in there and so i feel like that's like a nod of like this guy you know he is just trigger happy like he's just always in at war he's always trying yeah and you get the sense that he just is like dying for some kind of like Action, action, and standing, and to be like seen as like an enforcer because he's a damn mailman. But he like acts like first of all, he he wears his mailman outfit everywhere. Like he, he doesn't go anywhere never. where he's not wearing it. And no, he is wearing it all the time. <laughs> it's his only outfit. He bought seven of these things, yes. like Steve Jobs and turtlenecks. <laughs> and he goes to a closet. You don't see it, but he goes to a closet. <laughs> And he pushes a button, and all of the things come out. And he looks at each one, and he decides, "What? Oh, I'll wear this one today." And his name, his name is Otis. Let's just throw that out there. So Otis, yes, he on his first day at the, uh, you know, postal service, he yes, he's stocked up on these. He's like, I need. Fifteen of the concrete hats, or whatever the hell it's made out of, and yeah, I need all yeah. this stuff. You, it, it made me think when I was watching this. Like, did the United Postal Service know that, like, this character, what this character was like? Did they give authorization? Because I don't know if you need. I don't know if you're allowed to use because they use the like the insignia and the logo and all that stuff. And he drives around a mail tr- like uh, one of the jeep like mail van thing or mail cars. It's like, all very safari. Everything is safari themed. Yeah, but I'm like, I, I'm did, just now, did, I'm like just now post- realizing that the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> thinks that they're on safari <laughs> because they wear <laughs> because they the wear. Guy's this- got binoculars with him. Yeah, he's got everywhere he goes. He's definitely looking for some action. Like he was turned he's away. Packing, he probably he. tried to go to Vietnam and was turned away or something. He's just like, I'm gonna kill some people. I don't care what it takes. And he stumbles like, well, upon next Bubba. Best- He's like, if I can't be in the government's army, I'll be in the government's <laughs> mail service. That's right. But you've got to think, after this came out, this character, somebody at the Postal Service high up was kind of like, what the hell is this? Who gave who gave authorization for us to be in this thing? Because this character is a horrible person. Um, but yeah, so Otis is, uh, he's not a good character. He's not, he's not good. No, and and it's, at some point during the movie, there's even an accusation that he's, might be, that he's a pedophile. That's what I'm and saying I when he was watching her with binoculars. That's the vibe I got immediately. Like, what the hell is he spying on this little girl for? This is weird. 
Well, and he like um, basically, I think that um, I think that the Bubba's mom spreads around town that he's a pedophile after after the fact after they've uh after these next few scenes we'll talk about and i because there's another scene later where he's chasing her because he's trying to figure out who is stalking them and um he kind of confronts the little girl and then this cop's standing there and he's like okay and he protects the girl like i think people in the town think that he is too i think there's lots of stuff happening here um, that they don't really go into. You, are, is that stuff actually happening, or is that stuff that you're just adding additional layers of context? No, because the mom, the mom says to him, you know, people talk. You know, I know, I know what you're doing with that girl, and people talk. You know, and so basically, I think she's spreading around stuff. And and here's why: because they all go to court. The four guys go to court, and they, for some reason. Get off easily. Like, I mean, no question. easily. <laughs> like, this that this judge is on his way to the Supreme Court. Like, this guy <laughs> is a villain, for sure. And he lets this guy off. He just says, hey, there's no evidence. It's just like he said, she said. What are you going to do? Hey, this guy, uh, you know. So well, they did, did you defense, say? Did you, you know? say this earlier? I can't remember if you said it or not. But after they kill Bubba, they shoot him. A, a whole bunch of times, not like once or twice, a bunch, all four of them. No, like 20 times or something. They, Pappy O'Dannon, Otis, uh, mailman Otis, takes a, a pitchfork or uh, like a hay, what are those things? Is it like a hay? A pitchfork. Yeah, the thing, the one with a bunch of prongs. A hay bale? Not, not like a devil's pitchfork that has three prongs on it. Like, oh, a, like hay, a hay bale a or hay, whatever? Hay bale or whatever? Yeah, one of those handheld tools, whatever it's called. I think they know, I think you could say pitchfork and everyone knows it. Okay. And he puts it in Otis uh, Bubba's hands. Bubba's dead, but he's still like standing upright because he's in a, like a scarecrow thing. Um, and he puts like this pitchfork in his hands so as to make the the case that like, hey, he was attacking us with this thing, so we had to shoot him yeah. forty nine times. So so they get off. You know the the court uh, the judge lets them off, and then the mother is just screaming like, you know, there's you know. You'll get yours. There's more justice than legal. You know, there's more justice than than the law. You know, she's uh, alluding to there's some kind of greater, you know, karma that they will run into. Yeah, my deceased son yeah, is going to somehow murder you all. <laughs> one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite little scenes in this is they're confronting, um, they're, the, uh, the prosecutor is confronting them. And he's trying to say, if I ever find a single shred of evidence, I'll see every one of you on death row. And then Otis looks at his watch and he says, oh, I'm sorry. Am I keeping you? You got somewhere to be? And he goes, oh, well, it's Tuesday night and uh, Miss Bunch will be having fried chicken <laughs> over at her diner. <laughs> and everyone's laughing and laughing and laughing or whatever. It's, that's and the, then, that and then, makes you even like them less because they come out of court after their charges were somehow <laughs> thrown <laughs> out. And they go and start partying and laughing and having a hell of a time <laughs> immediately. They go to this bar and the first thing you hear him say, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought he was going to drop his teeth. Fried chicken. 
Like, that's the funniest thing they've ever heard in their lives. Oh, God. <laughs> it's and this is it's like, so this is upsetting. Like, like, you're like, oh, my God, this was just... Like, they were just completely let off for no reason. And and this, this town that they live in is, like, classic town. Like, there's, like, four houses, <laughs> you know, and they're all 10 miles away from each other. There's a little downtown area where there's, like, some bars and, you know... Some old graffiti from who knows where because there's no street toughs who live in town, and there's like a a feed and grain place and a mechanic, and that's all ten miles away from each other, and it's it's like the desert, but also there's oh I guess like I guess it would be like um, you know middle America like Oklahoma kind of stuff, although they're calling it the deep south. I don't know. It seems a little yeah, dusty do, for deep south. Do to they me. say where it takes place? I can't remember. No, it just says on this thing. It just says in the deep south in Wikipedia. I, I I think that's someone just coming up with it. This is more like Oklahoma because it's real, it's real, uh, de- you know, dusty and stuff. Like like in if this is Georgia or something, you're not going to see dust. You're going to see orange there's mud no, and there's stuff like no that. dust in Georgia. No, it's going to be like clay and stuff. There's like lots of all the dirt down there is like orange and stuff like it's not it's not like, <laughs> that this doesn't is like sound, uh it doesn't sound like, like you know what you're talking about you know all the listen, ground down there is listen, just orange people and, who live in georgia know exactly what i mean by orange do they orange and you, you actually yeah. have family down there don't you i do oh well maybe i shouldn't question you i don't okay. have any family i have a good friend that lives in atlanta i'm going to I'm in message him and tell ask him what color is the earth around you and if he doesn't say orange you're going to hear from me about it. Uh, I'm an expert on Georgia agriculture. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm, uh, okay. And that well, well, let's let's go off in a 15-minute tangent on that. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind. I think we probably could, but I'm going to say no. Let's just keep pressing forward. So, so the first instance of kind of supernatural, like, uh, what's happening here is the little girl um, keeps hearing from Bubba. Like, she keeps kind of hearing seeing his presence and hearing her but you don't you don't ever see him or hear him but sh- you can tell that she is getting a sense of him and um so she finds out that they killed him um but she still talks to him and stuff but like you don't see much of that you just kind of see like on the periphery it's 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 you don't really it's you kind don't of see, confusing you don't see any uh evidence any at any point that he's the one doing this you you at the very end but not until until the the very 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 end which we'll get to that because that confused me a little bit totally but um so 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 the first so basically now we know that bubba is going to somehow get justice against (laughs) these three guys these these uh these three these four Four guys, guys right yeah and the first guy who throughout this whole thing has been working with his wood chipper okay he's been he's been <laughs> chipping branches that's not he's been, no foreshadowing like this there is, this this is this guy's whole life is this wood chipper like he doesn't do anything but chip wood he's, and if he's he not chipping wood company or something if he's not chipping wood he's uh sharpening it <laughs> like that's his life he likes okay? his wood chipper there's nothing wrong with that Okay, it doesn't so, make him a bad person. As, the fact that he brutally murdered a developmentally handicapped guy is what makes him a yeah. bad person. Not the fact that he likes his wood chipper, okay? So let's just... No, I... 
he's the chipophile. Let's just say that. <laughs> so he he while he's fixing up his stuff, he notices um that there's a scarecrow in his farm, but he's not farming anything. So why would he put up a scarecrow? And he looks out there and he finds out that the scarecrow from Bubba's that they killed is back and he's in their yard. So he thinks it's a prank. He goes back. They meet up with um, – he meets up with Otis and all the guys to talk about. And um, Otis is like, you know, why are you guys coming to me? I thought I told you to – never to come here because now people are going to think something you know they got off on this case but there's still a chance they could go back uh i i, I guess double jeopardy doesn't apply well they didn't movie. actually get charged oh i guess the that's first right. time they, they were just in that first part and that they they had been threatened by the prosecutor remember like if i find anything i'm gonna get you all like put on death row so i'm gonna yeah so he is he's nervous that like we got to stop being seen together we got to stop like yeah being kind of grouped up it makes it look like there's we're all like in cahoots this is like this is a feature of all kinds of movies where people kind of um kill someone uh like either accidentally or like vigilante and then there's like a, a bit of regret there's always like one or two characters who are like freaking out like they can't yeah. control their emotions and someone and someone ends up inevitably having to kill them too like that happens in all these kinds of movies and that uh, definitely but anyway, happens in this one yeah there's yes. there's one character so, that just comes completely unwound unglued yeah so this guy he he goes back to they they basically tell him like hey don't worry about it. that's not what it is it's not some it's not bubba it's just something they, they he tries to blame it on the prosecutor so he comes back he finds out he goes to the farm but the uh, the scarecrow is no longer on the actual sticks that you hold up a, a scarecrow what, what, what? with yeah he's gone and i swear he was here like okay so then he goes back to his barn he hears something in the barn and um he's scrounging around he's looking for him and while he's up in the attic looking for him uh something turns on the wood chipper and he falls <laughs> into the wood chipper and this is my favorite death of the whole um movie because he falls into a wood chipper this and was of course, great i will say this what you're about to say i know what it is and it's it is a is, great little clever thing they do this is not uh, this is not a move uh, this is not a you know a movie in theater so this is going to be heavily censored so you never really see the death he falls into the chipper all you see is kind of like the light swinging where he fell you hear it and then they cut to the next morning Otis is down at breakfast, and someone is uh, splattering um, red preserves on a plate. Jam, yeah. And it's like, oh, it's perfect. It's like a perfect cut. Like, this is like, man, this was a freaking network movie. Yeah, it's, and it's by the way, obviously like... Can we, talk about, can we talk about what they're eating? What was it? I don't <laughs> okay, remember so now. This is the freaking grossest... Like, I mean, it's just a... Normal bacon, eggs, pancakes, uh, you know, biscuits, everything. I mean, th this lady who cooks for them cooks them like a buffet-style meal with like a million things on it, like thirty pancakes. There's five people at this table. Well, doesn't got, doesn't and, every and there's a big plate. There's a big, massive plate of over easy fried eggs that oh, are just yeah, sloshing yeah. around in like thing. all <laughs> liquidy and gelatinous looking yeah. <laughs> and he's just like shoving a spatula and it's just like 
<laughs> it's so gross. Anyways, he finds out. Oh, so then he heads over to the house. He um, finds out that one of their fellow murderers has been like yeah. in an unfortunate accident. Yes. Yeah. So it's basically every step of the way he gets a kind of feeling like uh like obviously he knows something's up but he keeps trying to deny that there's something happening but he the keeps other trying t- to convince other... himself that these are just each thing that happens is like oh that Our was flukes. an accident and it just like yeah that's yeah. explainable by this and that even though you can tell he's starting to get kind of wigged out himself about oh crap what's going on and they think they they immediately start thinking that the the prosecutor is doing it like he's yeah apparently just decided to become a murderer himself and he's like killing all them and and or and then they start thinking it's Bubba's mom and they're just trying to well like that's the thing like there's this sort of kind of order where it's like it starts with like he's like oh the uh, prosecutor's pranking you then they think like oh the the mom is is doing the stuff but then they think it's the little girl like at yeah. one point he thinks it's the little girl and that's where all the kind of pedophile stuff comes in because he's like chasing the girl around and trying to get her to talk and stuff and then and then then they kind of think like oh maybe it is bubba so they have to go to the grave site to like look, to bury like dig him up but before that uh <laughs> hold on hold on one of the other you characters. just really glossed Filby. over that you said they because then they have to go to the gravesite and so dig up this there. guy that let they murdered. <laughs> let me get there. Let me they get have there. to. Get there. All right, go ahead. So, go ahead. so uh, the next death happens. Philby, who owns the feed and grain. Now, oh, now this the other one guy. Cre- he, this one creeped the other me guy, out. The other guy was all day just working on his little chipper. He just love that little chipper. This guy, what he loves to do is he loves to fill up his grain silo. <laughs> As he you do. He just fills that thing up, and he, he likes to pour it out for people who come through. But he just fills it up all the live long day. So guess what? He <laughs> I think gets you back, trapped. I think you created some backstory in your own mind yeah. about what his life is like. Yeah, old Philby feeding grain, old Philly, Philly silo man. Yeah, he's yeah. great. So of course he gets trapped inside his silo, and the grain turns on, and now he's basically chokes to death in his in his uh corn his dried yeah, corn he's buried alive he put and his, he, and his, he goes in the corn silo which is empty when he goes in there he goes in there to hide from what he thinks is somebody that is somewhere around his house like doing something stalking him trying to get him so he's hiding so he goes in there locks this little door that he has to crawl through to get into it and then he can't get out and then, yeah, as right. you said, the grain thing turns – again, just like the chipper, we don't know how it turned on. We don't know how this, like, grain elevator thing turned on, but it starts pouring, pouring, pouring into this silo that he's in. And it's cre- – like, that so, creeps me out. That creeps it's, me out. It's just the idea of, like, just being getting buried. Like, choked to yeah, death. Yeah, horrible. Buried alive, basically. And so then he uh, – he – this is when he confronts the mother – and oh, basically God. he's trying to get the mother to admit, you know, that she's doing stuff. She ends up having a heart attack while he's like confronting her. And so then he turns on the freaking oven in her house and it burns down. And so to make it look like the house burned down okay. from a, a leaky stove. Okay. A couple things here. 
if you're like we have this character, Otis. We have this character, this mailman, that won't take off his mailman costume. he, no, not for one he, second. He stalks this little girl and this like mentally him. handicapped guy. He hunts him down. He murders him. He laughs about it and eats fried chicken and he's all excited. He eats the world's grossest eggs. Like there's nothing good about this guy. So you think he's as probably as bad as it gets. But yes, he exactly what you said. He goes. He breaks into the house of the mother of the guy he murdered. He scares her to the point where she has a heart attack and either dies or is dying, one or the other. And then, yes, to to cover it up, you said he sets the house on fire. That's an understatement. He blows the freaking house up. I mean, blows it up. up. The explosion is so large that I'm like, that's absurd. And he does it by, like, the... The fireplace is on, and then he turns no, the, the gas. The ov- yeah, well, the, yeah, he turns yeah, the, the gas, gas the on the oven yeah. on, and it yeah. takes about four seconds before there's so much gas in the house that I mean, it explodes. It looks like a, a massive, massive bomb has been dropped on this house. The it's almost like comically large fireball that comes up out of the top, uh, you know, as it blows up. That, like, it's just like, oh my god, I could not have hated this guy anymore. It's just the worst person on earth. Well, get ready. So then, (laughs) the last guy, Skeeter, who just loves working on cars. I forgot that was his name. (laughs) So Skeeter is like, you know, he's like freaking Gomer Pyle, right? Like, but he's just like that classic, like, he's, uh, he's got big bulky teeth he's wearing his like polka dot hat and he's just like skeeter 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 (laughs) he talks just like his name sounds he's not as he's not as smart as the name skeeter would lead you to believe no now he's the guy who just he starts to he he's like look i'm gonna turn myself in because i don't want to die so he's losing his mind otis is like you know what let's if this is if this is bubba then we'll go to his grave. We'll dig it up, and you'll see that Bubba's still in there, and um, and then it is him or whatever, right? So because Skeeter is convinced that Bubba's not dead, I think if right. I remember, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. So that's how so we're they, gonna prove it: is we're gonna go to the graveyard and so dig we this to, so, damn guy up. So he goes to the graveyard in his uh, postal service outfit. <laughs> He doesn't think he's to got change. twenty of them. He can just put on a fresh one when he gets home, and you know, at least put an apron on or something. I don't know. So he goes, he gets it. They start digging the up this thing. I mean, they, they digs up this thing. They find the coffin. They open up the coffin. Boom! Inside, Bub is in there. Skeeter loses his mind, and Otis, <laughs> you know, he runs away. Otis chases after, stops him, and he's like, "Look, let's just. I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do." I'll go to the police, whatever you want to do. Let's just go fill the grave back up. Let's just do so no one sees anything, and we'll get it all set up. So he goes down there, and while Skeeter is down there, uh, Otis picks up his shovel and bangs him in the head as hard as he can. And then he lifts the shovel up, and the hat, the red polka dot hat, is stuck to the shovel. (laughs) Which is another, like, like, that is so brutal. (laughs) (laughs) That means he hit him so hard that blood 
and guts like stuck to the hat to the freaking and bled through into the sh- shovel. Let me reiterate. This aired on CBS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on CBS. America's well, Network. Well, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. <laughs> Bubba's the man who gotta see. <laughs> Sorry. If Sorry. I that had was... a dark night scarecrow, <laughs> if I had a dark night scarecrow, that's a that's a callback. You know what I'm doing there. Um, in the <laughs> in the field, the scary field, the scarecrow seeks revenge. There we go. That was pretty good. That was great. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Um. So then, uh, now no, for those of you know don't know, the They Might Be Giants did a version of that song. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right. Thank you for that additional context. Because people are so, like... So then he buries him in the freaking grave, and he gets... Now, the one thing that they kind of hint at is that he is a recovering alcoholic. Um, but after this... Ha- Otis is. And after this happens, he starts drinking again. So he starts drinking, and he's driving home, and he sees Mary Lee alone in the middle of the road. And he chases her down with his van um, and starts chasing her into a pumpkin patch. And then he catches up to her. He accuses her of masterminding all the murders, which is insane. Um, and then all of a sudden, a plowing machine behind them, a big like bulldozer, starts up what? and starts chasing but him. Why is Marilee at, like, it's like the middle of the night. Why is she because out remember, there? remember, she keeps hearing from Bubba, and they play together. They play together at night. Creepy. Creepy. And so, what this part is? Okay, so this part is. I like this part, but it is a little hokey for sure. So extremely, this and I'll bulldozer starts following him, like chasing him, and this bulldozer is moving at I don't know one mile an hour, and he's just like oh oh, and he's trying to run from it, but he can't. He de- he decides he can't <laughs> run left or right. He can only run straight into the yes. path of the bulldozer. All I could think so of the, was that scene in uh, Austin Powers where the, the steamroller's coming and the guard is going, no! Yeah. And he's like, right. no! And then they cut to a wide shot and the steamroller's like 50 yards away from the guy and he's just standing there yes. going, no! The whole time until it eventually runs him over. That's what this yes. is like. Yeah, Pappy yeah. O'Dannon from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? is just running <laughs> through this field. And at any point, if he stepped three or four feet to the left, three or four feet to the right, the thing would have just passed him on by. Yeah. And instead, he's so, just running straight, staying in its path, and it's just gaining on him. And he ends up, he keeps looking back to make sure. And at one point, he looks back, and he, he like, he runs into the scarecrow holding the pitchfork, that Otis planted in his hands and he's impaled on the tines they're called. There you go. Which is, and he is wounded mortally and he dies. And then, um, Marilee, who has been hiding in the pumpkin patch, hears the footsteps approaching. She looks up to see this, Scarecrow. This part is... The Scarecrow's looking down at her and, and, and smiles. And then it bends down, gives her a flower and she says, thank you, Bubba. And then she says, I have a new game to teach you called the chasing game. So now, now my question here so is. What does that mean? Uh, well, you know, she taught him different games like how to. Uh, she, 
games, but like, you know, she taught him how to sing the flower song and make a flower wreath and all this stuff. So, but what I don't understand is, does she, so, so, so here's my guess, right? She, maybe she is masterminding this stuff. Maybe she is like helping Bubba like maybe she hides up in that little trunk up in the attic of the barn and then Bubba turns on the chipper. What? You know, because he goes up into the attic to hear because he hears something up there and he hears something getting into this little chest. Like, so and, the idea is that this is his spirit doing all this. Well, OK, so he's not- definitely dead and she and he is definitely it's definitely he's definitely involved. My question is, I wonder if she is also helping him or if she's just innocently like she just wants to play with Bubba and after he kills she just plays it with him again or is she actually helping him I, I don't know because this end part was so weird in the scene where you, <clears throat> you see the scarecrow and he like she's there the scarecrow's there and the scarecrow's looking down at her and he like turns his head and yeah he has like a smile or something on is yeah. so creepy. It's almost like the creepiest <laughs> part of the movie. And it's not it's supposed awesome. to be. No, the two scariest parts of the movie. There are two very specific scary parts. And there's they're only about a second each. It's when it they both involve seeing the scarecrow. The first time you see the scarecrow, when he when you can see his eyes that in the scarecrow. Actually is like harrowing. That's part of what upset terrifying. me when I watched this. It's there's, like you see how mortified he is right when he's about to get murdered he's like and then yeah that i agree with that there's that scene and then at this end here where the scarecrow is talking to the girl the scarecrow is the scariest thing if there's one thing that this movie is missing in my opinion it's i would have liked to see the scarecrow more because that would have been scary i agree that's what i that's what i mean like and they did that intentionally so that like during all these deaths the bad guys being picked off one by one you don't see the scarecrow doing any of it which is right, and you, it's like if, and you if don't like know. Friday the Thirteenth happened, and like you never saw Jason, but you just knew like, oh, there was a kid that drowned at this this camp, and then we think it's him, and you, but you well, never you saw don't, it. Like, take something away from it. And they, well, they don't, they don't want. You, I think the whole time they they want you to suspect other people the way that they are, because or that yes, never, maybe these are, are just see, mistakes that are just that, like. You, you never see anything happen. You don't see the chipper turn on. You don't see like someone push a button. You don't see uh, the person like ch- going to the attic. You don't see um, the person cl- locking the grain door. You don't see the person turning on the grains. You on- the only time you ever see anything happen is at the very end when the when the bulldozer turns on. You actually see the shifter turn by itself. Yes. And that's do. where you realize, oh, this is the ghost of Bubba doing this thing. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I just, I wish we would have seen more Scarecrow. Bubba's Scarecrow, spirit I mean, is, like, very highly, like, uh, you know, capable of pulling all this crap off, apparently. Like, it's just yes, really. Yes, spirit. He's a ghost. You can do whatever you want when you're a ghost. Is that true? Yeah. Um. Uh, and also, he has. Uh, if you look at the picture of the cover of the uh, of the of the movie, just look up "Dark Knight of the Scarecrow" online. You'll see the poster. That is what we're talking about. Like that picture is really. This looks like 
uh, a Halloween movie. Like it looks like a poster from, you know, from a, a scary movie in the eighties. Like this movie with, if you would see the only thing difference with, different between this movie being a TV movie and being a theater movie is that in the theater movie, you would have seen the deaths happen. Yeah. And well, I want to, I want to see the movie that I thought I was going to be watching when I saw this poster or this cover, like you're talking about, like this looks cool. So if you look up, like you said, if you look up dark Knight of the scarecrow and you see, you'll see this cover come up and it's got the scarecrow and he's pointing the, the tines of the uh, it's it's cool looking it's scary looking it's an awesome this is not what painting. i thought i was getting um it's <laughs> a little bit different not, and i'm ups- yeah. i'm upset who Vin- uh, vincent price who i love one of my favorite movies ever is a vincent price movie uh there's a quote from him at the bottom that says marvel us i was terrified vincent price <laughs> and it, it doesn't say marvelous it says mar Hyphen, Vel, hyphen, us. Marvel us. I was terrified. Vincent Price. And I'm like, was Vincent Price sorely in need of money at this point in his life to, to say this? Um, what, is, what does that get you, like 100 bucks? It, it gets you something. Gets you <laughs> chicken for you dinner. Know, if, you, if you look up reviews of this, I couldn't find like reviews from the time period. All I could find is like people uh, talking about it now. Um, and everyone seems to... That's why I don't trust them. For the, for the most part, everyone, um, you know, all the horror nerds seem to like this movie, uh, which, you know, horror nerds are more forgiving than most people. But the stuff they say, I agree with. Um, and uh, this did kind of uh, there, there since this movie, there is a kind of subgenre of killer scarecrow movies. And uh, you can thank this movie for that. Yeah, it is credited with creating that that genre like it kind of surprised me when i read that that there had never been a horror film before this where the scarecrow was seems like kind of a no-brainer but this is apparently the movie that uh, set that all in motion it's the first one to do it so this is interesting so the guy who the guy who uh directed the movie his name is frank de felita um, he wrote a he was he wrote a book called Audrey Rose, um, which is about a couple confronted with the idea that their young daughter might be the reincarnation of another man's child. What? <laughs> Wait, say that again. Okay, a couple confronted with the idea that their young daughter might be the reincarnation of another man's child. Okay, so somebody else's child died. And it was reincarnated as this per this couple's kid. This couple's young daughter. That's yeah. just how and it that's says, them's the breaks of reincarnation. It says, then it's my kid now. You don't get to have a claim to it just because you. So it said, and it says the book was inspired by an incident in which Defalita's young son began displaying unusual talents and interests, leading an occultist to suggest to Defalita that the child might be remembering a previous life. Hmm. <laughs> Well, okay. Apparently, there's also a movie. There's also a movie about it. So, to to your point about uh, killer scarecrows, which mm-hmm. I, I will go back to something I said earlier. I, I do want to make sure that nobody is confused. The scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz doesn't kill anybody, but um, in case you'd forgotten, but there is a scary. There's actually a page on IMDb called "Scary Killer 
or uh, scary killer scarecrow movies, and there's a bunch of them. So yes, some examples. Uh, number one on the list is Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, and they each have like a sentence of like plot summary. So this the plot summary for this one is Bubba the Scarecrow kill bad people. Ole, that's what it says. I don't know what the Ole part means and i think the i think the typo instead of saying bubba the scarecrow kills bad people i think is like a really cheap joke that whoever wrote that is trying to make it at bubba's expense but anyway so some of the other ones yeah. you got knight of the scarecrow not Love it. not dark knight of the scarecrow but that's an evil warlock possesses a scarecrow and starts killing people you have hallowed ground an evil spirit animates a scarecrow and starts killing people <laughs> they're all kind of the same thing um, there's Love one it. that is scarecrow slayer good scarecrow versus bad scarecrow enough said that's the plot for that one um, there's one where the plot is evil scarecrow kills kids there's one where it's demonic scarecrow kills kids Love <laughs> so it. it's kind of it's not the most um, nuanced genre in the world i do want to watch one called scarecrow which is not a great title but it's a a, a japanese horror film and it's the plot summary is oh, japanese always... scary scarecrows that's, that's, yes. that's the plot summary i'm like so, okay i'll do that by I'll the way that. there is there is also a sequel to this movie that came out this year but to this movie is, uh of dark knight of the scarecrow yes which came out in um, 1981 again on cbs Yes, and this and th- and this movie uh, I haven't seen it, um, and it looks like it was just some like low budget film that everyone hates. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you can You're watch it. Now, before we go, I just wanna I wanna hop back to this Audrey Rose because I'm loving some more of these details. You ready? Sure. So here is the poster for the movie version of Audrey Rose. Uh, the tagline is Audrey Rose. Born 1959, died 1964, born 1964. Oh my god, that's good. Love it. But then also, here's a se- there's a sequel called uh, a sequel novel called For Love of Audrey Rose, written again by Frank De Felita. and it says here he gives a little bit more details on his son's strange and unique talents. Uh, De Felita claimed that For Love of Audrey Rose was inspired by his son's sudden piano playing talent <laughs> <laughs> creepy oh oh my gosh my son's never been talented in anything so i knew something was up when he, he suddenly could do stuff all right uh thank you for listening uh thank you for tuning into our halloween extravaganza four nights four weeks of halloween scares Ooh and treats and tricks uh enjoy have a safe halloween and uh for a couple of more tricks and treats head to networkspecialpodcast.com where you can find all of our links to download more episodes and um catch us out on all of our social medias and uh in your name we pray (laughs) amen (laughs) 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 which is what we say at the end of every episode is it Uh, At least we're going to now. All right. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Goodbye.